Okay, real quick before I start the episode, um, it was counting down. No, yeah, and then it disappeared. <laughs> it, just, it just kept saying zero, <laughs> zero, zero. It was like three, two, one, zero. Oh, zero, on my end, zero. On my end, it just said three, two, one, and then it just went away. <laughs> Hello, hey everybody. This is the Spooky Town podcast, and we're just trying to figure out. Um, how our recording software works it seems to like fake you out on whether or not um it's actually started recording so apparently we are recording now so hello i am ashley and we are the spooky town podcast as i said and with me as always is my sister stephanie her name is stephanie it's her and we're sisters and we um (laughs) are we like to talk about spooky movies and horror video games and all kinds of stuff so episode 11 we dug into the world of horror video games and in episode 12 we're jumping back into spooky movies with a horror movie review um we're digging into a new movie today uh called the Gin, and this one just came out 2021 and we're excited to talk about it um, but yeah, Steph, how's it going? It's good. I actually just watched the gin um a couple hours ago for the first time, so I was waiting uh to watch it so my reaction would be hot and fresh and just very spicy for the pod. Yeah, you gotta have that reaction that's like fresh out of the oven. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it is definitely very fresh out of the oven and i have things to say about it so (laughs) yay yay um i had seen it i watched so (laughs) i watched it about a, a week ago for the first time and um i had gone yeah i had watched it a week ago but um i had an edible and uh remembered a good chunk of it but not all of it <laughs> so i uh i had to rewatch it but um when i saw it the first time i was like yes amazing perfect and then i watched it again and still still liked it but it was like <laughs> when you watch it you know not stoned then it's a little bit of a different experience but um so we'll get into that though in a second um stephanie what did you watch this week (laughs) i watched all right i watched the thing the original Mm -hmm. 1982 and then i watched the thing 2011 which is great i i just like that movie i think it's great um yeah we watched the first resident evil i don't know if i mentioned on the last podcast that we also watched the third resident evil i also didn't write down but yeah i don't remember which one it was but anyway it doesn't matter it's boring the blair witch project (laughs) i think you did i think you mentioned that last time because we were talking about like how infuriating certain movies were and i think that was the second one oh okay yeah i have watched the third one since then out of the thousand so anyway it's not really that exciting the Blair Witch Project, uh, even more of The Walking Dead, and then obviously The Gin, and then after The Gin, I was feeling things. 
So I watched uh, as much of the final wish as I could. And then Ashley was like, let's record. I'm like, all right, I guess. No, I'm just, I'm just Stephanie. We have fans banging down the doors. We have to, we gotta, (laughs) we gotta get on it. I haven't seen the final wish and that, that is with our Lord and savior, Lynn Shay. And Tony Todd. And Tony Todd. Yeah. And it's also a gin um themed film, correct? Well, there's a gin in it. So there's a gin yeah. in it. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen it's, it. It's gin themed. They Classic. drink a lot of martinis. <laughs> anyway. Wait, do they you, really? You no. That, that's just that's a really bad joke by me. That's not funny. <laughs> that was so funny. I haven't had a lot of time to think about it, so <laughs> Um, no, that one sounds good. Maybe I'll pop that one on tonight. And we should talk about that one, it sounds like, at some um, point yeah. as well. Oh, no, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Um, that's a good what lineup. Did... Thanks. <laughs> what did you watch, Ash? Um, I watched... I, I caught some new movies this week, um, or the last couple weeks. So I watched uh, The Queen of Black Magic, which is a remake of um the original which i think is from the 70s if i'm not mistaken um really so yeah yeah um it was very good and very spooky very intense like a really intense subject matter and storyline really violent um a lot of blood a lot of violence like i said um but it's very good and it kind of it sits with you for a while afterwards, but it's it's good. And I think the original was kind of known for that too, like just being really over the top. Um, kind of it, like it, it kind of reminds me a little bit. Of not it's not the same like vibe at all, um, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the seventies Suspiria, you know, like in the intensity of the gore. <laughs> like I have not seen the 70s Suspiria, but I've seen the new one. Yeah. So I, I feel like, yeah. What did you think of the new one? I loved it. I liked it a lot. I didn't, I, okay. A running theme of my life is, uh, I hate Italian horror uh-huh. and I, I hate English horror and you know how much I hate English horror. Um, so I have absolutely zero interest in anything that has to do with Italian <laughs> horror. So for some reason, I watched the new Suspiria, I think just because it like was an American movie. Or, I don't know. I think it maybe had an Italian director. I don't know. I don't care. So anyway, I watched it <laughs> and it was a, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be like gross and like yeah. sexist or something or just going to be like just some form of like misogynistic. And I was I was pretty surprised. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And. I like um, Dakota Johnson, so. Yeah. yeah. She was really good in it. She was really good in it. Yeah. Um, and I love, what's her name? The lead witch. What's her name? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to drive me oh, insane. It's going to bother me. Here, let me do the good old-fashioned Google, Google search. Tilda Swinton. Thank you, Tilda You're Swinton. I, I did love not her Google too. it. 
I use the Google of my brain. <laughs> I love her too. I think she's, I mean, she's amazing, but um, I loved that movie. I thought that movie was great. And I, I was expecting something a lot worse because a friend of mine had said like, it's just stupid. It's dumb. Like it's violent for no reason. And it's just like, there's so much blood and it, the ending is super dumb. And I remember hearing him say that. And I was like, well, did you see like the first one? (laughs) Because that's what the first one is. The first one's like a ridiculous amount of blood and gore and like really over the top. So it kind of makes sense that that would um, be the case with this one. So, but I really, yeah, I really liked the new one. It felt like a completely different, movie like it set itself apart in a good way anyways going back to this um i did not watch that this week <laughs> yeah i, watched I the didn't Queen watch of black magic <laughs> <laughs> which i definitely recommend uh check it out but just know that you're going into like a very violent movie um with a heavy subject matter um and of course the gin which we're talking about this week um 13 ghosts which i just love that movie it's just I, one of those. I love Thirteen Ghosts so much. Yeah, it's such a just stupid fucking movie, <laughs> and it, I just love it. It has such a special place in my heart. It, yeah, same. It, it has like it, when it came out in two thousand. It came out in two thousand one, and so I would have been like thirteen, going on fourteen at the time. Um, it scared like the living crap out of me. It was so scary and. The practical yeah. effects of the ghosts are still stunning. Like they're really good. The makeup, yeah, the makeup and um, like I said, the practical practical effects are all really, really good. They did an amazing job. Um, so it holds up really well too, because they don't use a lot of CGI or anything like that from two thousand one. So it's it's like they all hold up really well, and it's just really fun to watch. I didn't I didn't know that that Thirteen Ghosts is a remake. Yeah, I've never I seen no idea. the original, but yeah. Yeah. 13 Ghosts um, is pretty much the only movie, well, I guess outside of 1408, because he's not in it for very long, that I can stand with Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> and he's the star. Yeah. I just yeah. don't like Tony Shalhoub, but I love Matthew Lillard. He is such a I've... gem of the 90s and 2000s. Yes, and yes. He's, oh. And like in the horror community, there's such a like Matthew Lillard like a- appreciation posts that go around every once yeah. in a while, like when it's his birthday and all that stuff. And um, they always show him like looking really, you know, sultry and everything. And I'm like, I-, I don't ever remember thinking of him that way, like when I first saw him. But now I'm looking back, I'm like, no, he's pretty hot. <laughs> I'm not he's attracted cute. to him. I just, I just love him. I just yeah. think he's he's such a gem and. Yeah, like the the nineties and two two thousands era would not have been the same without Matthew Lillard. No, so we love you, Matthew Lillard. No, he's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, he's really good. That oh, that sequence though in Thirteen Ghosts where um Tony Shalhoub is like sitting with his wife who dies, and they're like watching their children play in the yard, and um the teenage girl is like, "You're just the best little brother." And they're like, oh, they're so cute. Look at them. Ha, ha, ha. And it's like the most over the top, gushy, like, yes, scene on earth. And it's so, it's just so funny. But if you can ignore that, which is like, just yeah, awful, the shot 
like the whole like rotating of the camera mm-hmm. and as the camera rotates around the room on like a 360 time is passing and you can hear things happening yeah basically the course of like you know i don't I don't know how long but a, a little while like a month maybe that shot is incredible it's such an incredible like exposition because it sets up the entire movie they go from like the most stupidly happy family yeah. to like we love you and then there's a fire alarm and they're like get the kids out you know and the whole thing happens and it brings us back to the present where they're depressed and very poor and the mom is dead i just i didn't appreciate that i don't know why i, I laughed at that <laughs> and the mom is dead <laughs> it's so freaking funny oh my god she just gets fucking roasted she gets fire. roasted anyway uh <laughs> That Boom was, roasted. That's gonna be a really okay. This episode's yeah. gonna be full of a lot of dumb jokes. But <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. That never happens typically. No, it's typically very high quality. Mm-hmm. But I was just expressing my love for that sequence and also the movie. No, yeah. Still I mean, don't like you, Tony Shalhoub, but yeah. everyone else. No, that's not true. I don't like the daughter. What's her name? Oh, she's another really something big Shannon? actress from the oh Mo- no, not Molly Shannon. No, not Molly Shannon. Um, I was gonna say that too. Hold on. Uh 13. This is the episode of us Googling things. Um Stephanie Googling things with her brain. Shannon Elizabeth. Yes. I don't Shannon like her. <laughs> I also just like can't place her age in that movie. Like, um, is she supposed to be in high school or is she supposed to be like, cause she's absolutely like in her mid twenties in that as an, as a person in that movie, but it's just unclear. so hard. It's I very think she's unclear. supposed to be maybe like college age and then maybe she like drops out of college or something like that. Yeah. It I don't know. Be. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. But anyways, that movie's really good. Um, I love 13 ghosts. I saw a picture of the um, the jackal just on like mm-hmm. Instagram, and so I was like, I need to watch that movie again. <laughs> so that's yeah. why I watched it. Um, and then I actually started watching finally In Search of Darkness, which is a um, documentary like mini series about horror movies from the eighties. Um, and they recently just came out with like a second installment or they're going to come out with it i thought i saw it available um on amazon somewhere but uh in search of darkness was released in 2019 and i think they just um released a second like the second part or whatever to it but it's like four and a half hours so it'll take me a minute to get through that um and then i watched one of my favorite movies from the 90s house on haunted hill um the remake obviously uh the 90s remake such a classic uh so good (laughs) that's another just like improbably stupid movie but it's so Mm -hmm. good it really is like yeah i feel like well i don't know if this is true but i feel like because we grew up watching it maybe that's why it's just such a like nostalgia hit for us but Mm -hmm. it does a lot of things kind of well i like it yeah, I mean, it's like just a really entertaining, kind of funhouse feeling movie where the house is so over the top evil and haunted that there's always really like interesting things happening in every part of the house, you know, like 
I don't know. It kind of feels like they're walking through like an amusement park of horrors, basically, you know? Um, and, and I love that about it. it. It does feel like an amusement park. But isn't it weird that that's pre-Final Destination Alley Larder? Oh, yeah. Isn't that wild? It came out a year before Final Destination. That's so strange. That is wild. She looks, because she's she supposed looks like to five be... years younger in Final Destination. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's how they wanted her to look, right? But yeah, she's supposed to be like a full-ass adult in House she... on Haunted Hill. Wait, she was... Okay, wait, no, I'm looking at Clear Rivers. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Clear r- Rivers. Um... <laughs> I'm not doing it. Don't do- <laughs> I would offend so many people. Speaking of um, the director of Final Destination, what was his name again, Steph? Like the creator? The creator of Final Destination, sorry. Uh, Jeffrey Reddick? Yes, he just posted this little like teaser image of him flying somewhere and said it's about like a horror movie project that he's working on. And then he put in the hashtag Final Destination. So I don't know if he's planning on going. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that means that it's going to be about Final Destination. I don't know. But he was like flying somewhere and about well, you know to talk about a movie project, and then he used that hashtag. Well, I think they're making it right now, or they're about to. Oh, so maybe it's not so a secret as I as I thought. Oh n- no, it's happening. Yeah. Mm. Okay. No, it's it's not a big secret. Well, he made it sound like he was doing something kind of secret, so I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's I just flying know. somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. But that's oh, what Jeffrey. I watched. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I made an addition. I also watched all of Stay. Oh, that's right. You finally made it through. So that yeah. was the movie, I think it was last week, where I said I watched 10 minutes of a movie called Stay, and I just couldn't make it through. And Steph said she was going to try to power through. So talk yeah, about I- it. I looked it up after <laughs> Ashley was like, oh, my God, it was so bad. And then the description made it seem like it it might have something redeeming. So I was like, OK, fine. I'm just going to I'm going to prove her wrong. <laughs> I'm going to no, watch it. No, Ashley was not wrong. OK, this this is you a big admission for me. You heard Ashley it wasn't wrong. <laughs> this is recorded. <laughs> it was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> You don't even yep. know, Ashley, how bad it was. Like, well, I thought the beginning was bad because no. you kind of filled no, me you... in on some stuff. Okay. I don't remember what I told you because I blocked it out of my memory. It was just like a <laughs> fever dream. It was so bad. <laughs> don't watch Stay. It it kind of like looked a little bit promising. Like the cover art made it look kind of cool. And then in like the first 30 seconds it's like okay maybe and then it just kind of goes wonky from then on it makes zero sense yeah um it's just like it's just so bad they like it's set in they she i'm not going to talk about the movie like the whole plot but she this girl who's like a model and like influencer moves into this new apartment building that used to be an old like russian coat factory that also ran like i i think like a sex trafficking ring in the basement Mm -hmm. um and so it's like haunted 
by these girls, I guess. I don't know. Because the victims are scary. And like the the main girl like ghost, I think is I don't think she's Russian, but she's she's from like that area, like Eastern Europe. I forget exactly. But then the like landlord guy is supposed to be Russian. And he's like from here or something. I'm like, you really couldn't afford to get another like Russian adjacent <laughs> actor. Like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of them in LA. And you got this guy who's like, I, duh. Yeah. <laughs> das Vidanya. That's like, <laughs> Das Vidanya. Like, he's just clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like then just make him like American or something. Like I just yeah, like matter. don't push it. Don't push it. it. He doesn't have to be, to be a Russian coat factory. <laughs> it doesn't have to be now. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Anyway, uh, yeah. Also, I thought the place that she was supposed to be going in that movie was um, Hong Kong. No, she was hired by like this agency. I don't know what she was hired for. It was oh, like a, okay. a thing. And she was going to go to Hong Kong. And then in the meantime, she like moved into this new fucking just awful apartment. I'm like, this is not an upgrade. Um, But her English boyfriend, who was definitely not English, um, moves in with her. And so she's supposed to go. Was it like that? (laughs) So bad. Yeah. And I think she's supposed to go at some point, but then she loses the job because Mm. she's like all, she's like influenced and like kind of possessed ish by gotcha. the okay ghosts so she's like biffs a photo shoot and they're like you're you're out we're dropping you get oh. out of here and then yeah <laughs> get out of here and then she goes to the haunted russian factory well that's where she lives oh right that's what you said okay. yeah it's like this really shitty apartment and like i know it's new york city but like come on okay right i um i saw let me see if i can find it actually on here this is google number three uh for the episode just give me one second um i watched this really really good brand new short horror um film i think it's only like five minutes long if even that and it was really good and um I started following the filmmaker on, on Instagram. Um, and he's, he's very talented. We should try to talk to him sometime. Maybe. Um, let's see. Hey guy. You want to hey talk to us? Um, it's called every night I see them. Hmm. And it is fantastic. It's by, um, the filmmaker's name is, um, Ryan Godoy. And, He's very talented. It's very good. Ooh. So check that out. Every night I see oh, that. Oh, creepy. The monsters just, in it are really scary. Like, Yeah, I, I just looked it up and saw a um, thumbnail of the video, and I'm intrigued. Yeah, very good. Just to, just to give a, a short horror movie um, a shout out. Yeah. Because I thought it was very, very good. Um, so those are the... Uh, the films that we watched. Yep. Yep. This week. Those are the uh, best. Or 
last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for, for checking out our uh, videos too. We got one new subscriber on YouTube, so that's good. Oh. Um, so <laughs> we're up to five. So go check that out. We're going to be putting out more of those, um, those videos of us playing video games over the course. Just, I mean, forever we're going to be doing that. So go give them a checkout. <laughs> Go give um, them a checkout. <laughs> I've said that before too. Uh, now let's uh, let's just hop, skip, and jump into the gin. Yes. 2021 stuff. You want to kick off the um, the intro of the movie? Yes, and I'd also like to make a clarification. I previously mistakenly said I refer to a gin in like the singular. It a gin is plural and like a collective. Uh, Ginny is the singular, or is the yeah? That's the singular. Mm, I completely. Okay. I I remember I told you a little bit before the episode. I was like, just to make sure, even so, I will remember. Ginny is singular. Singular. Gin is plural. And then I completely forgot. So it's going oh, well. Interesting. So did I mean we can can talk about this in a minute? So in the actual movie, he's the the gin in the book. They refer to the gin as like a singular. Entity. Well, yeah, but Did they get the that movie, wrong? the movie is wrong, and we're gonna find out just how many ways it is. Okay, That's all right, I'll let you. I'll let you about. set it up. Yeah. I'm gonna rip this movie a new one. Um. Uh-oh. So anyway, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> this is a first. We've only ever talked about movies that we like have deep emotional connections to. So this is I good. have no emotional connection to this movie. <laughs> all right. It's fine. Okay, let me right. just present it. Here we go. So, uh, it's pretty like easy. There's barely any like writing or world building. Uh, I'm already talking shit. So this it, it's about this young kid, um, Dylan, played by Ezra Dewey. He's great. I have mm-hmm. no qualms with the acting. I think he's awesome. He carries the entire, basically the entire film on his back, and he's he's great. So it's about him. He's like you know maybe like twelve or something. And he is mute, um, not deaf, just mute. And he, it opens with him waking up one night. He can hear his mom sobbing, um, and he goes into the kitchen. And the whole movie kind of flashes back to this scene. And each time it flashes back, you see more and more of like what happened. To me, it's completely obvious that what she ended up doing was uh, taking her own life. Um, Mm-hmm. She, you know, she dies by suicide. It's very obvious, and I feel like they built up to it like it was this big revelation. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. That's also just a, a trigger warning for this. This whole episode is going to be discussing the the suicide that's present in the movie because it's not just one scene; it's a scene that they keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's how it, it opens up. It opens up with you see that he discovered her and something bad happened. Mm-hmm. And then a- after she dies, he and his his dad um, moved to like this new apartment. Also, it's 1989, just randomly. Yeah. <laughs> As a side have, thought, it's 1989. I have, about, I have thoughts about that too, but we'll get yeah. to that in a second. Uh, he... the. The apartment that they move into, this old guy used to live there and he just like died of, you know, no reason. He just died. Um, while they're unpacking, the kid finds this 
hilariously like <laughs> gothic uh book of shadows which a book of shadows is like a grimoire it's like i think it's typically like sort of like a witch's sort of like diary or you write like spells or things like that in it it's just like a book of magic but it's like a personal like a journal kind of mm -hmm. so of course this is not really that but it's fine um he happens to flip to the page that's about summoning a djinn and it talks about or not summoning a djinn summoning a jinny, and it, it talks about the djinn and you know everything that you have to do and uh the process of summoning a jinny is hilariously simple. I feel like if in in this universe, <laughs> in this cinematic universe, what you have to do to summon a jinny is you have to have a candle. It uh, you have to do the ritual at the stroke of midnight. You have to have your own blood, um, and then you have to have a mirror. Yeah, you you prick your finger. You put the blood into the the open flame and then you say three times into the mirror um the thing that you're wishing for and then the genie is supposed to grant that but at what cost yeah, yeah. um I, I feel like it shouldn't be that easy to summon a supernatural creature like i feel like i could accidentally do that while like setting up like a nice bath <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true and so i have so I have thoughts on that. Yeah. I have thoughts on that. Uh, so first of all, what you should know is the, the budget for this movie was pretty small. Uh, according to every review I read, this movie had a really small budget, but nowhere, and I scoured, nowhere could I find the actual budget. So I don't know what the budget was. Um, but the filmmakers did, a, I, I would say, overall, did a pretty good job. If their budget was that small, they did a pretty good job. Um, they also filmed it in an apartment that, mm -hmm. um, was someone's apartment and they were in the last month of their lease. So they had a month to film this movie and they filmed it in 12 days. So mm -hmm. they, so it's kind of an interesting backstory. Um, that's just to kind of like set the scene for the constraints that they were working within. Now the part with the, with the book as the as um the actor Ezra Dewey who plays Dylan the lead as Dylan is reading the the book and the instructions like Stephanie was saying there's a narrator that kind of comes over and is you know articulating what um Dylan is reading i thought that part was kind of cool because what it reminded me of was it reminded me of like the movies from the 80s and 90s it had kind of like a silly quality to it where it was kind of, it felt like a, like one of those horror fairy tale movies that you watched as a kid, like, like never ending story or something like that. Like where it's a little bit like the, the male adult voice is a little bit goofy kind of, or he's just like, maybe not goofy is the right word, but he's like, it just kind of feels like, it's like, like a very grandpa. like crypt keeper e yeah like a grandpa yeah. reading you a, a a scary story as like a 10 year old you know um mm -hmm. so and the fact that it was set in the 80s is something else i want to talk about because i didn't really understand why it was set in the 80s like there wasn't really ever so there could be a boom box 
Yeah, and you know, I, I, um, I, <laughs> I, I guess, I, I mean, I think as as a genre, horror is going to have to reckon with the fact that cell phones exist, and we're going to have to figure out how to work that technology into horror because i think too often what ends up happening is um filmmakers will set a movie or a story in an era where there were no cell phones just to get out of explaining that like explaining how they weren't able to use it or explaining why they couldn't just text somebody or why they couldn't post something that would tell people they were in trouble you know i think that that's definitely true i think for this movie at least the point of like they're not being cell phones is because that's a way that he could communicate with the outside world. Um, and he yeah. can't because he can, he can call his dad or I, listen, I don't remember how pagers work. He has the number yeah. for his pager. Mm-hmm. So that would like alert his dad, yeah. but he can't call like nine one one because he can't talk. So I think that was the purpose is that, if he can't call his dad and also he can't leave. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a sec. He can't leave the apartment. Then he is essentially just on his own. He has to face this thing alone. So I think that's the purpose in this movie because yeah, yeah, he could just text someone and be like, Hey, (laughs) LOL. There's a, uh, (laughs) a thing in here with me. I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm, (laughs) I'm stuck. (laughs) Um, and I do think there was a lot of lost potential with the phone, but we can talk about that later too. But I think that's the point, but I do absolutely agree where it's like either an, it's like an explanation to get out of why they won't just text someone or if they do have like cell phones and like social media and stuff like that, it feels like it's written by like an older person who did not grow up with cell phones. So yeah. it's like the stupid, like, text speak they just like they don't act like people who actually grew up with cell phones use it like like native cell phone users do you know what i mean yeah so yeah i do agree with that but i i also think that was the purpose in this movie yeah and like i have there's nothing against like setting a movie in the 80s like you can do whatever you want but it didn't um i just didn't understand i guess why um besides the wanting to use like synth music and um, like the, the kind of, because throughout the whole film, it's the lighting is, I, I actually love the setting. Like I, I love the, oh, yeah. the apartment that he was set in the, how barren it was, how um, the lighting was very like moody and um, like kind of almost neon. And it worked really well with the music. I loved the music in it. Um, the person who composed the music did a really good job. And um, so I loved that, but I just, I guess I just didn't understand like the, like why the story was set there. In my opinion, it could have gone the way of it follows where it's like an indeterminate time. You don't mm-hmm. it, yeah. like this could be the eighties, the nineties, this could be now it's not really clear because yeah. in especially in it follows like they actually go outside and do things. And this one, they could have said it was like any time with the exception of, I guess now when we have cell phones. Um, 
specifically because they don't have cell phones and that would be like a huge red flag if it were set now and there was no other technology but um like and it follows you can you know you can kind of try to identify the time period it's set in by like the cars that they mm-hmm. walk past but there there's like 70s cars there's 80s cars and then there's like mid 2000s cars in the movie yeah. so it's just sort of like unclear when it follows the set but that's kind of the point um, and then I feel like you don't really think about it. Yeah. And I feel like they could have just done that. They didn't have to say in 1989. Yeah. Like, like they didn't have just, to point it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just have a boom box. It's fine. Like, I'm not really going to care that much if you have a boom box. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, I see like the F has a boom box anymore. Right. Because I see like the, the era just lost my train of thought but i see like the the era of like if you're gonna make a choice to set a movie in the past then it needs to be maybe a little bit more of like an intentional choice and for some reason it just felt like there wasn't really any reason behind that choice it was just to kind of get the um to kind of work in the more of like the atmosphere well, that they were I, I, after. I think the reason is what I, I said with it's so he can't reach anyone. Right. I mean, it was, it, it felt like that was the only reason is what I'm saying. Like it, there wasn't like, it was just to make it a little bit easier to make the story move forward. And it wasn't because I don't know. I, I, yeah. It, no, at the end fair. of the day, it's not like incredibly important. It just didn't feel like it was just one of the things about the movie that didn't feel like it had, like it just wasn't quite there wasn't like enough I don't know, it just really wasn't like grounded in that way. I don't know if I'm making any yeah. sense, but let me just finish up like the general yep. plot though. So like, you know, he's he summons this thing. At first it doesn't seem to have worked because he can't he tries to talk and mm-hmm. can't talk. And then the Ginny is there and it's, you know, creepy. Um and then creepy things happen. You eventually find out um, later. It, he reads more of the book that you're what ha- supposed to happen is if you can survive an hour with it, and then blow out the candle um, and like banish it, then you'll get what you want. But I think it still comes with a price. If you can't, if you can't live through an hour with it, then you he, well not he, they drag you to like. Mm-hmm. the underworld or something shadow and, realm. And yeah. that's also not a thing as far as i know <laughs> with Jin, um i i have a very basic understanding of of Jin and Ginny. um i like my understanding so like take everything i say about Jin with a grain of salt when i'm like i don't think that's true because you know i did not grow up religious or uh, studying any kind of religion i have absolutely no i'm sort of just talking out of my ass and also a little bit out of <laughs> wikipedia and just things like that um but as far as i know they don't guard any realm or anything like that from what i have read the jinn um kind of they just like live down here with us they they can be invisible um but they are also neither good nor evil but they they can be evil and they can also be benevolent. They're mm. just sort of like ambiguous. 
but they can right. also take the shape of animals and humans. And in like some cases, I think they're pretty much just like humans and they, but they're like stronger, but a human could still kill one because that's another thing. They're not immortal. Mm. Um, maybe in some renditions, but from what I read, they're not immortal. They're mortal. In the movie, they say that it's immortal, but it is limited by the body that it inhabits in like the human realm, basically. So that's my understanding of Jin, and it could very well be wrong. It's just um, what I've read. But yeah, the whole thing is just him like battling the gym, the Jin, uh, Ginny, Home Alone style. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that kind of sums it up. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I I mean, overall, I'll get into my overall thoughts and then we can start digging into like individual things. But mm-hmm. overall, I thought it like when I watched it the first time, like I said, I I really liked the the atmosphere of the movie. I thought the atmos- atmosphere was really strong. I thought that the lead actor, um, Dylan, or his, you know, his name is Ezra Dewey, but in the movie he's Dylan. Dylan was strong. Um, and he's basically the only, um, <laughs> he's like the star of the show pretty much the whole time. Um, him and the other, the various forms that the Ginny takes. But, um, and what I thought was really different about it was I thought that like the lead, you know, he's making really kind of smart choices, but like, he's not doing anything that's like overtly putting himself in, you know, harm's way. He's like, it's mostly him like solving a series of puzzles about how to escape or how to get away from this thing that's following him around the apartment. Like he's solving problems throughout the, throughout the movie. And I think that, that was both interesting, but it was also a little bit like it felt like that's all he was doing. Um, Like he was just figuring out from one scene to the next, how to get out of the pickle that he was in. And it almost took away from the more emotional undercurrent that they were trying to tie to, which was his, this, this heavy feeling that he has of guilt around, um, he feels somehow responsible for his mom's death. Right. Um, Which was like kind of the undercurrent of it all. And they kept showing you that it was the undercurrent of, of it all by replaying that same scene where he's like walking up behind her in the kitchen um, the night that she, um, that she dies. But I felt, I I don't know, all of it kind of felt just like a little bit disconnected from each other and i think it was just because it just felt like a series of puzzles he was trying to or i keep saying puzzles but a series of problems he was trying to solve in, instead of like tying back to the story yeah yeah i think so i'll just get the pros out of the way what i liked about it was pretty much what you said i think the acting was really good i think ezra dewey is great i'm mm-hmm. very excited to see what else he does um I think the atmosphere was great. I think the like cinematography was was wonderful. Um, unfortunately, I watched it in the middle of the day, and I have two giant windows behind, or not behind, but in front of my TV, oh, so I can man. barely see the screen. And it's like a dark <laughs> movie, so I had to like 
try to we don't have like blackout curtains so i i put uh blankets over the yeah watch it at <laughs> the night windows. if you're gonna watch it yeah <laughs> watch it at night yeah don't be like me so i i'm sure i probably missed something but um yeah the atmosphere is wonderful that's but that's pretty much where there is one scene that i i do like a lot but that's pretty much where i think the pros for me stop um I know that it was very bare bones writing. Obviously there's hardly any dialogue um, and that's fine, but you can still tell a, a good story, you know, like mm -hmm. a, a richer story than I think that they told. And the like problems that he's solving and like the way that he does it are not, interesting enough to me to be like wow this kid is resourceful and they're not like complicated enough for it to be like a cool setup so yeah. it's just like the the Ginny is like trying to get through the bathroom door so he holds the door closed and the the Ginny gets in or something and he stabs it with scissors and it's like wow there's a part where he like hits him over the head because yeah. the, the Ginny has taken the form of like this serial killer that you can see very briefly on like this newspaper on their counter. For some reason, I think just because like it saw it, he takes the form of that guy. Mm -hmm. He hits it over the head with like the top of like a toilet, like the thing that you can remove off the top of it to get to like the tank. Mm -hmm. Um, which yeah, the. The part that I liked was when he sprayed the Ginny in the uh with raid like in his eyes. Yeah. And at that point the Ginny was in the form of I I think it's the old man that used to live there. Yeah. Mhm. Mm I think that part was really good. He sprayed him and then it blinded the Ginny. And I there was a really that part too. Yeah. Yeah, there was a really cool scene because uh Dylan doesn't run away. He just like is very silent. Well, <laughs> he's very silent. He he's walking very quietly and he's just like very slowly walking backwards mm -hmm. um, while the Ginny's like reaching out. And that part is actually really tense and, and kind of a little like uh, otherworldly in the way that the Ginny is moving. It's just the actor. Yeah. And it's not special effects. I just, to me, it, it, it was almost like a little bit uncanny. So that yeah. part was really good. I did like that part. But for the rest of the time, it's just like what you're saying. It was like, it's kind of just comes down to here's the next problem. Here's him getting out of the problem. Here's yeah. the next thing. Here's him getting out of the next thing. And like, I knew that he wasn't going to die at like minute 30 because then you wouldn't have a movie anymore. And the movie is like, you know, yeah. it's over an hour long. So there wasn't really any real suspense because it didn't seem like there were any real stakes. The stakes are his life, and I know that he's not going to die. If he does die, then it's going to be at the end of the movie. And yeah. he doesn't die. <laughs> no, that's a good point. And so the the directors, um, they have made... So this was their second feature film. Their first feature film was a movie called Boy Behind the Door, which came out um, in 2020. No, it's and not out yet. No, it, it came out in 2020. It's going to come on to Shutter in July, but it oh, was released okay. in 2020. Um, so Boy Behind the Door apparently is very similar where um, there's minimal dialogue 
And uh, that's an intentional choice. They like to try to tell the story as visually as possible without a whole lot of dialogue, which is interesting. And, um, and it also has um, Ezra Dewey in it as well. So um, he shows up again in the gen, obviously as the star. Um, And I guess boy behind the door kind of plays with that similar, similar theme of, of um, setting the characters in kind of a confined space but the gin takes it to kind of a more extreme level and puts it in a spooky setting. Uh, so I think this is something that they were, you know, wanting to play around with again. And I, and like we said, we, I, I really liked the setting of it. I thought that that's a really cool concept to set something in an apartment, you know, so often like horror movies, um, will be set in sprawling houses or, you know, really big, um, just really expansive spaces, like, cause they're spooky or like Victorian era houses that are like really large and, you know, complex. But what I really liked about the setting of this one is it's just a very, it's it, granted a big apartment, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's just an apartment, you know, and that's where it stays the whole time. And I really liked that about it thought that was interesting because you don't really see very many haunted house movies that are apartments. So, um, I mean, the house itself is not the apartment itself. Isn't the haunted thing, but it does have a spooky, um, book of death in it, the closet. It does mysteriously have a gigantic book of shadows with literally no origin in the closet. And, and a covered up, well, and that was my question. It was like, is the mirror, well, like, why is the mirror there too? Like, is it there? Do you need that mirror for everything that's in this book? Or is it just for the gin part? Well, my assumption was that the old man also did this, uh, right. like, summoning, and he died. That's how he yeah. died. So I think yeah. he just, like, bought the mirror. And that's what he did that specific ritual in yeah. this gigantic book of rituals. And he did not survive the hour with the Ginny. So he right. just died. Right. So that was, and that was my other question. So, and maybe I think I might've just answered it, but I'll ask it anyways. Um, <laughs> so he, so he summons, um, Dylan summons the gin, the, or the Ginny and the Ginny does not show up right away. Mm-hmm. And in the book, the rule is you have to survive, like Stephanie said, an hour with the gin. And then at the stroke of midnight, you can blow out the candle and the gin will, that's it. You're done. You don't have to deal with it trying to kill you anymore. Um, oh, what? but then it survives. Well, it's just like your session trying to survive with the gin is over. And now the gin will grant your wish. So my question is, what if you summon it at like 3 p.m.? Do you have to wait? Well, it do, do I don't have, think it, it works. You have to summon it at the stroke of midnight. So you summon it at the stroke of midnight. You blow out the candle and then no. the gin's gone. No, you summon it at the stroke of midnight. Then you have to wait an hour. So 1 a.m. No, because at the at the last scene, you remember the two hands are like up together and he's watching it like tick towards midnight. And it's like at the stroke of midnight, blow out the candle and then it's 
done. It's gone. I don't know. I can't so read my, blocks. <laughs> my question, <laughs> my question is, it's like I guess, I guess if you summoned the gin at like three p.m., it wouldn't show up until eleven p.m., right? Because I was like, well, what if you summon it in the middle of the afternoon? Does it just not? Does it just hang just, out for eight hours, or like, what's the? <laughs> it just hangs out till eleven. <laughs> But I think I I think I might have answered my own question because I think that um, because he does summon it and it doesn't show up right away. He like takes a full shower and does some other stuff and then it shows up like 20 well, minutes later. So it takes I don't a know. bit to get there. Yeah. Ashley <laughs> takes a minute from, to come from the shadow realm <laughs> from the shadow realm that it doesn't live in. Yes. As far as I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I could be wrong. Uh, a fun little twist, though, is though even in the book it says the Ginny will go will be banished if you survive the hour and you blow out the candle. The Ginny comes back, and well, doesn't kill the dad, but uh, like chokes the dad and yeah. takes the dad's voice and gives it to Dylan. So it, it, I'm like, you set like two rules, and you've broken one of them like the most important one which is this is how you get rid of it here's how you get it here's how you get rid of it Mm. why would you break one of the two rules that makes no sense to me yeah i mean i guess he just comes back to like give him the gift right but it would make sense or give him his wish and the Ginny has to wait until the dad comes home to give him the wish yeah I guess he, I guess because he survived the hour, yeah. then you get your wish, but your wish sucks super hard. Yeah, but your wish comes at a price. Um, right. Okay. So he has to like make it really dramatic when the dad comes back home and he just transfers the voice box into the kid. For half a second, I was like, if the dad's voice starts coming out of the kid, I'm going to laugh my ass <laughs> off, but that's not what happens. <laughs> That would have been a more interesting choice in a sea of zero choices. So, I mean, um, I would have liked that. <laughs> so, so the the gin takes a few different forms, right? It like it only takes the form of people that have died. Um, and so, like Stephanie said, the first form is the serial killer um, guy or something, or I, I can't remember. He's someone that has died who's in the paper. Um, so it takes the form of the serial killer, um, and then it becomes like Stephanie, we already talked about, it becomes the old man who lived there before. And then, um, its final form is his mother and his mother, I thought was the scariest out of all of them. Right. I mean, they, they give her like makeup, like she's got more, she's got like actual special effects makeup on. Um, but her i don't know i mean she's out of the three she's the scariest that's my opinion and it's still a little bit it's a little bit goofy and i know that they said that if they had had more budget they would have gone a little bit harder with the special effects makeup but um yeah i don't know i i think that she was the the spookiest out of all of them but still it it never really like takes a really scary turn in my opinion, the scariest was the old man. I thought that he did a really great job. 
I think if you're not going to have that big of a budget, um, you can still do CGI, obviously. Um, like, that's fine. I just didn't think that the mom was scary because she just has like these like pointy teeth and she's mm-hmm. like, demon mom. Ooh. Yeah. And I'm just like, this just looks so silly. This just looks so like student film, mm. you know? I, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I could make, I don't know. I'm not trying to like shit on the special effects or anything. It's, it's just, I think that you could have accomplished a much scarier look for her using some just different practical effects. Um, yeah. And the old man had absolutely nothing on him. I think maybe uh, the Ginny has like completely black eyes. It's whether or not those are like mm. full eye contacts or, um, you know, CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, those look good. I, I think yeah. that may have been like the only special effects on the old man, um, which was on all of them. But the old man was just this old guy. And I, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, the serial killer did absolutely nothing for me because it was just this dude, you know, and yeah. I had no real like, there was just nothing going on there. Um, but again, I think the the Ginny was just taking on the form of something that it saw and it saw the paper on the counter and it had mm-hmm. that guy's face. But yeah, the I don't know. The mom thing just wasn't, I just didn't really feel a lot of emotions about it and i know that the whole thing was you know he feels really even though he has absolutely nothing to do with her death mm-hmm. um which they make clear at the end of the movie like if you didn't already know like uh what am i trying to say he, he has nothing <laughs> to do with the death but he feels guilty because he i think what he he feels like is if he was able to say something maybe she would have stopped and not have pulled the trigger but because he you know he's mute he can't say anything then she just went ahead with it and she didn't even know that he was there yeah uh i thought a twist was going to be that the dad killed her and that this whole thing was going to be the Ginny is not real and it's actually the dad Mm. that's like the big monster in the movie that would have been interesting but that was not the case that would have been good and it would have been like um like a really uh because they have okay. like almost this perfect like relationship at the start they make it very like goofy and playful and like very kind of overly loving you know not over overly loving isn't a thing but you know what i mean it's just like it's a it's they just have no conflict virgin yeah. on cheese at you know in in moments so that would have actually been a really dark take on that right like the dad is maybe acting that way because he's trying to make up for something type of a type of a vibe <laughs> oops i accidentally killed your mom right and i'm and i'm like evil but um but yeah it, oops it, oops i'm evil <laughs> oops i'm evil yeah so the mom um yeah, I don't know. And I guess it was like the repetition of the scene with the mom and him walking up behind her. It it just almost like took away the power of the I just I, I feel like they could have just cranked up the knob so much higher. And you don't need budget to do that. But like I cry like a baby at parent child stuff in movies Mm -hmm. i just cry like that's the easiest way to get me to like just break down and sob um armageddon that scene at the end where bruce willis (laughs) is careening into the 
going off to space yeah. and he's saying goodbye to Liv Tyler. I was like, <laughs> like angry crying, like like <laughs> sobbing, like gasping, you know? And uh-huh. I didn't even like get misty eyed in this. And this is like a movie about a child who feels guilt for his mother's death. Like that is like, it's about as heavy as you can get yeah. with parent child, you know? And I should have been, you know, <laughs> on my, <laughs> on my knees, um, just <laughs> sobbing into the wind, but I wasn't at all. Like literally, <laughs> literally, <laughs> I just uh-huh. was, I was, I was just stone faced. And so that, that should kind of tell you something about how effective it was. And it, it was just maybe more dialogue or maybe, you know, maybe something else would have made that more. I actually don't know. I don't know what the, what the answer is, but I, th- I think an answer could have been like literally any part of it could have been more complex and you would have had a more interesting story because if you're just going to have the kid is the primary person, there's obviously not going to be any dialogue. So, and that's fine. You can do a lot of great things with that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can set up more complex <laughs> like situations that he's finding himself in. Like, granted, there's only so much you can do in one apartment, but you know, like the Ginny reroutes the gas to go through the vent in the bathroom. So he's like coughing. Yeah. And then the kid solves that problem after hitting the, the Ginny over the head with uh, the like toilet thing. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Um, he takes, you know, he shuts off the gas and it's like, wow, ingenious. Yeah. Um, he stabs it with scissors. I don't know. Th- there's a part where he like ties the doorknob in the bathroom with like, oh, yeah, a cord. And I was like, like straight out right. of Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, it's heating up. He's setting up this like awesome little, yeah, like Home Alone trap. Like it's, he's going to final destination this thing right in the ass. Yeah. And no, I like that lasted like two seconds, and I, I don't even remember what happened with the cord. I, I, it didn't. I hold actually it don't back remember that either. I don't remember literally at all <laughs> that coming into play at all. Yeah, I don't think it did. And I was like so ready for each new situation to bring new challenges and new like solutions, and you know have this kid be just like this huge standout as being like he's like really smart he's really thinking on his feet and like Mm -hmm. no i don't expect every child to be like that but it's a movie you know yeah like kind of beef it up and it just it doesn't beef it up it's just like yeah he turns off the gas earth shattering yeah and if you're not gonna have that beefed up then beef up the scares beef up like how the gin looks how it moves uh one other part that I thought was was creepy was when he first encounters the Ginny and he uh like kind of, he tries to like lock himself in the bathroom and the Ginny's very strong, so it like tries to it's trying to open the door and Dylan is um you know, he's trying to hold it back and then the Ginny sticks its arm through. You see in the mirror reflection that the Ginny's arm is like black and has like, you know, like a black cloud surrounding it. But when we look back at the door from Dylan's point of view, we can see it's just like a guy's arm. 
mm-hmm. but it's like it's moving creepily it's like very strong and like you know like who the, the hell is this person's arm i thought that was creepy but like yeah. like do something you know beef it up just go not lose your mind if you're not you don't need to have a huge budget to lose your freaking mind that's yeah. fine and that part with the arm i was like i actually for me it kind of like took away some of the creepiness and i think it was just because it was like well why like why am i seeing the jinn's real arm in the mirror like what is that supposed to i know that's I- a i know i know it's a jinny sorry i know it's a jinny <laughs> it's not like i understand that and it's almost creepier the fact that it's parading around as a real human being and i i actually loved the reveal of the jinny at the very end i thought the reveal of the monster was actually really good like in its true form in its true form yeah. when it's when it has like its you know maniacal grin on its face and um it's they they actually did a really good job with that and that was another thing that they said like if they they would have liked if if they had a you know another go at it they would have liked to include more of that in the in the movie is what they mm-hmm. said but um they just didn't have the the budget for it but um i i actually i didn't really understand the whole like look like this is the Jin's real arm, isn't that crazy? I like I I I thought they could have done without it, you know. I I liked it. I I really like um like disembodied like arms. Um the the first that sounds really weird, but like the first thing that I'm thinking of when I say this is in the mouth of madness in the beginning when uh, Sam Neil is like in the like insane asylum or whatever he's in the asylum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just like this arm this like like woman's arm um comes out of nowhere and just very lightly knocks on the door but it's like on like the very small like square yeah. window in the door yeah mm-hmm. it's so creepy that you is never really find creepy. out who that woman's you know, who it's attached to and it's very um like otherworldly because it's moving so slow and also we have no idea who it is and they never show themselves it's just like comes out of the ether and just knocks on his door. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. So that's why I like the arm, even though it, I think, you know, showing it in the mirror and seeing that the Ginny, you know, like the true form of the Ginny and then seeing what it's showing. I think that's interesting because it's not revealing its true self. Like maybe it thinks that it's trying to like gain his trust or something, but it doesn't really know what form to take. So it's just like, ah, saw this face i'll try this although he yeah. never really or i keep saying the Ginny never really tries to like you know like lure the kid he just like immediately starts attacking him but i i always like a disembodied arm like that when you have no idea whose arm it is i think that's pretty creepy um mysterious intentions i think are something that i i think is scary mm-hmm. in uh supernatural horror movies um so i did like that but yeah i don't know like just do anything you know what have made it creepy make the genie just a little too tall you know do that (laughs) 
hire like a contortionist do that have him move really creepily just do anything yeah and like having it be like a normal person walking around the house could actually be like incredibly creepy but for some reason it just i don't know it just didn't really super land and maybe one of the reasons was that it kept changing what it looked like then it kept changing the person like I understand like the big reveal at the end was supposed to be the mother Mm -hmm. and him coming face to face with his mother's image and having to fight it, you know, like I, I understand that that was kind of like a reveal moment that they were building up to the entire time. But I don't know, to your point, I think maybe they could have done it. Now we're just, now we're just telling them how they should have done it. But um, (laughs) here's how you should have made your movie. Okay. Coming from two people who are not filmmakers. (laughs) Yeah. Right. To your point, it could have been like, it looked one way the whole time and it was creepy. And maybe there was, you know, a performance artist, like a contortionist, you know, um, person doing it. We just love, um, What's his name? Troy James. We love Troy James. So um, could have hired. Well, he might have too expensive now. I don't know. He's he might have been. His career has taken off. Um, Yeah, but you could have hired. But there's got to be a contortionist out there who wants to play a monster. Yeah, and I know like people are. I I've just seen like people's takes on stuff, and they're like, "Oh, all the monsters now are tall, or all the monsters are contortionists, or all the monsters are this." So like, there's something I'm to be s- said for everything. But like, people are complaining that monsters are tall and contortionists. People are like, it. I, I think it's just it's that type of complaint that people have when something starts showing up a lot, and I think that in horror films lately there's been a lot of like tall ghosts you know or like the the notion because of something scary. being abnormally tall yeah like it's coming but it's it's been like more of a theme so i think that's why people are like eh. but they could have done something a little bit more interesting with the movement like you said the the old man when it turns into the old man who had lived there previously that scene where he's like trying to feel around for the kid is creepy because it feels like a little bit inhuman, you know, and it feels a little odd. And so that's an example of, of like what we're talking about, right. Is like, make it do more of that. Um, one, the, one of the scenes that I actually liked, um, when it took the shape of the mother and this is like the very end of the movie was when the gin was Ginny, sorry, was choking him on the floor and just has the most stoic face. I did like that. I, I was thinking about that. And well, I thought that yeah. was really good. Yeah, like super stoic face while they're doing it. And I thought that was really creepy. And I was like, see, that's what I want. Like, it's like this something that makes it abnormal just, reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. a little bit wrong so that it is incredibly inhuman. You don't yeah. have to make it super wrong. Just make it a little bit wrong. That's way creepier, in my opinion, to something that's like obviously inhuman. Yeah. I mean, it depends. But mm-hmm. something that's just a little bit, this isn't a person, that is so effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like psychologically, that is so effective because you immediately don't trust that thing. <laughs> Agreed. Um, 
So, and there was this one take on it, which I don't agree with that I'll read out and get Stephanie's opinion on. Um, I don't often agree with the reviews on RogerEbert.com. It kind of seems to me like uh, the writers on there don't like anything. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is true. Like nothing is good enough. (laughs) This is the first review that I, I read. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, I, but I, I thought that, so there was a review on, on rogerebert.com of this movie and it was written by a writer named Simon Adams. And, um, in the review, he says more importantly, nothing. And this is about Dylan. He says more importantly, nothing seems to stick to Dylan. Dewey is just not, um, a strong enough performer to carry an entire movie with just his body language and facial expressions. Um, not yet anyway, as Dylan, he spends, he spends much of the movie catching his breath and trying to figure out where and how the genie will appear next. So I don't agree with him on Ezra Dewey's performance. I thought Ezra Dewey was a really strong actor. I think that he was in a movie that was a little bit disjointed. I think he was in a movie that was not utilizing him to his full like potential, yeah. but I think it did utilize him pretty well. Yeah, so I I don't blame any of it on him. I thought he was great. Um, also don't don't say a genie. Like just say a, a gin Ginny. You know it doesn't stop anglicizing it. <laughs> Simon. Yeah, um, I did. I did agree with a lot of the review, but that part I didn't like because I I thought he was he was great. I I wouldn't have chosen anyone else. You know. Yeah, no, I thought he was, I actually thought he was, you know, a standout part of the movie. So I, I disagree. I think that, yeah, he, he could have been given more to work with probably, but yeah, I mean, um, the rest of the review just kind of talks a little bit about like too much time. Like this is a quote, too much time is wasted in setting up a monster whose character is summed up in interminable, um, boilerplate passages interminable i can't talk boiler terminable i can't uh, interminable boilerplate (laughs) passages i can't talk and i think that's i yeah and i think that actually is a good sum up of sort of our major complaints like you don't really i don't know besides the gin being very ginny sorry goddamn being very violent (laughs) And trying to kill him the entire time. There's not really much else that I'm scared of. Yeah. That's it. Like there's just. Oh, there's just like nothing happening really. And like you said. Like if, if they're going to. You know they're trying to insert in this very emotional. You know background. And it, with the with the mom. And like yes it is emotional. Mm-hmm. Um she has died you know it, she's he feels incredibly guilty that is outside of it absolutely not being his fault that's such a heavy thing for anyone especially a child who can't process that yeah as fully as the rest of us and even the rest of us can't process that very well that's ex- guilt is it does wild things to you mm-hmm. even with all of that it's still somehow added up to zero for me like it maybe like a half point but i just like i they kept coming back to that scene where he walks in on his mom in the kitchen right before she dies and i'm like i get it 
I know. You've already shown me the gun. Like, she shoots her... I know. Several I know times. that's happened. We saw the it, gun like, three it, times, I think. In three yeah. flashbacks. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you can show it, like, twice. Show it once in the beginning, and then maybe show it closer to the end. Where you, like, realize why he feels so guilty about it. Yeah. Why he thinks that... Because, it, like, even though to me it was very obvious that she died in the kitchen he watched her die um if you don't explain that right away and you instead get the part where he's saying to his dad do you think she might have stayed if i wasn't different that i mean did she leave you know she was crying in the kitchen and maybe you think that she died but maybe she just left that leaves it kind of up for you know interpretation yeah but -hmm. then in the end you can confirm no she died you don't have to keep showing it i get it you know, we, we know that at the very least something happened to her. And then they, they reveal the gun. It's like, okay, I don't think she just pulled out a gun and left yeah. the house. She's dead. And maybe it was maybe it was like the repetition of that scene over and over again that doesn't really give you any more information about the mom that made it more difficult to emotionally connect to her. Because um, she's always just this very scary figure standing with her back and she's framed very like, you know, creepily in the shot and all that stuff. Like they did the movie, like we said, is beautiful stylistically, like mm-hmm. gorgeous to look at beautiful, like sweeping shots of this apartment. I think they have that part down. Like they have it down. Yeah, that's not, that's not a problem, but it yeah. was like the emotional connection part of it. I just didn't feel like emotionally connected to anybody in that movie. Um, not even not even Dylan really. I mean I I did kind of in the way that he's the hero but it was like I did. like I, you want him to live. Yeah. You know. I, I don't I want Dylan to die. <laughs> but my like yeah, but I didn't feel his guilt. I didn't feel like his pain at all. Like I just saw him running around the apartment trying to get away from this ghost and like trying to figure out where it was going to show up next, where this, you know, entity was going to show up and try to get him next. And it was just that it was just like a series of, of moments <laughs> without also, really one cohesive thing. <laughs> also the end felt like the equivalent of when you're writing an essay in like high school or college and you're mm. trying to get to the word count. So you just start going through like the thesaurus suggestions for words and make it overly complicated uh, in the end, he it's like about to be, I guess, midnight. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was supposed to be 1 a.m. But also, no one taught me how to read a clock when I was a kid. I had to teach myself, <laughs> and I'm very bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I typically know that they're all facing up. That means noon or midnight. Yeah. But I also was not paying <laughs> that much attention because I didn't like it. So anyway... So he, it's like about to be midnight and it, it's the end of the movie. He's like injured or no, he hasn't injured the, um, the Ginny. No, he did injure it earlier because he sprayed raid in its eyes. So it's blind and it's yeah. like feeling around for him. And he, he's standing at the candle looking at the, the clock on the wall. And the Ginny is in the form of his mom. And she's like feeling around on the counter, very slowly coming towards him. And he realizes he has to step away from the candle because she's going to reach him before it turns midnight and he's mm-hmm. going to be killed. Mm-hmm. So he backs away and he's trying to like get around her and he hides behind the counter 
instead of like, you know, because the clock strikes 12. Yeah. Or one. And (laughs) instead of just standing up on the other side of the counter, leaning over, blowing out the candle. That, yeah. He instead takes a knife and like slices her like Achilles tendon, I think. Yeah. Like both of them so she can't walk. And I'm like, why did you do that? Why didn't you just blow out the freaking... Because she's going to disappear. Yeah. I had so many questions about that scene. I was like, pick up the candle. Pick it, pick it up. Pick it like, up. It's, it's literally two yeah. seconds away from midnight. Pick up the candle and just quickly put it out. Done. And then the other, the other part was after he cuts her Achilles tendons, right? He's hiding behind the counter, cuts her Achilles tendons. He runs away. He runs then he, away. Then he runs. I forgot about that. I was and then so he runs afraid. away. And I'm like, no, <laughs> run into the kitchen and put out the freaking candle. Blow it out. And then, um, so he runs away. And then I'm like, okay, wait, he's going to come back into the kitchen. So he goes to like, he like rounds the corner to, he like runs away and does like a loop around or something. And then comes to come back into the kitchen. And, um, I think this is like after she like intercepts him and like chokes him or something and he gets away and he runs Um, and he makes a loop and he's trying to go back to the candle, but he rounds the corner to go into the kitchen and she like pokes her head out from the opposite end of the wall. So they're like Mm -hmm. equidistant from the candle. Mm -hmm. And instead of just plowing into the kitchen with both his working legs, because she's crawling, so she's not going to be able to get there in time. He just turns around and fucks off in the other direction again. I'm like, <laughs> bro, get in there. Oh, I I know then, she's scary, but just deal with her face and just go. <laughs> she's not that scary, Dylan. And also, like, yeah, just like vault over her, you know? Like she can only she's she's in this body, like, yes, it's a yeah. supernatural creature, yeah. but she's constrained to this body that she's in. The body yeah. that she's in currently can't walk. Just pole vault over her, go into the kitchen, blow out the yeah. candle, everything will be over. Easy. Yay. End yeah. scene. But he, at some point, she like passes out too for reasons. I don't know. Blood loss? Sure. And he like very yeah. slowly steps around oh her. Oh my gosh. And then yes. at the, I know the last, say. <laughs> then the last minute, she like grabs his ankle and like snaps it. She like breaks his ankle. And then he's like crawling on the floor. I'm like, get up and just hop, dude. You have one working like ankle. One whole leg. Like stand up on that leg. Yeah. She can't stand on either leg. Stand on your one good leg. Hop your way over to the candle. Blow it out. Stop drawing this out. Stop right clicking in Word and looking up thesaurus for immortal like (laughs) it was not a great climax because it it was just it all of a sudden was building in these like unnecessary moments and to try to like build up the tension when you didn't really need to do that so i so what i thought was really funny was when she passes out in the hallway right yeah her hands down on the ground he is like doing his damnedest to be as quiet as possible tiptoeing past her to try and get back to the kitchen so he's like going through all this effort to tiptoe tiptoe he gets up to her and then kicks her hand 
Oh my god. That, and I'm like, I almost lost my goddamn mind when I he was kicked like, her hand. Wait a fucking minute. I'm like, why wouldn't you just stomp out into the hallway if you didn't give a rip if, if you woke her up? If you're going to go out there and kick her hand, then you know you're... You tiptoe around and then you kick the monster yeah. in the hand? It would be like me <laughs> walking into a room where you're asleep and like cautiously like... <laughs> You know, getting my socks out of the drawer or something, and then slapping you on the head on the way out. Why did I? Ju- <laughs> Why did I just spend five minutes trying to be as quiet as possible if I was just planning on hitting you anyways and waking you up? Like it makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. That scene. I was like, what? <laughs> Next time I'm coming over to your house, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> like i don't get it um (laughs) tiptoe out of your second bedroom (laughs) tiptoe around the house get some water and then just bust down your door (laughs) that's what i'm saying that's what that was i was like i what it just made no sense to me at all i was like (laughs) it's just so stupid just twinkle toeing around the (laughs) around her lifeless body getting all stressed about her jolting awake and then just fucking kicking her. I, it was just okay. so funny. Um, so yeah, that whole climax scene is just like, not ne- like five there's scenes no that aren't necessary. Yeah. There's no climax. It's just frustrating. Yeah. It's just more frustrating things happening quicker, you know? <laughs> well, and, and like you said, that point where he gets into the kitchen and he's like trying to stand up so he can put out this candle. Right. Oh, he going is like so slow. He, he's going so slow. I mean, again, to try to like build suspense, I guess, but he's like pushing himself up on this counter like it's all arms. Like, ah, just like, just you have one working and leg. And I'm like, you have a leg that works perfectly fine. Why can't you just hop up on your leg? Like, not, not only do you have one working leg, you also have adrenaline. That's going to propel you forward whether you I, want it to or not. Like, I was like, she didn't break both your legs. She just twisted one of your ankles. Like, stand on the other leg like, and push yourself up. It's You're not hanging off a cliff. Like, you're just standing up. I don't understand why. It... This is so, why you and I <clears throat> live through a horror movie. Because <laughs> whenever they run in any horror movie or anything like that, like, even if their legs aren't injured, yeah. they don't run like the thing that's chasing them is chasing them. And I'm like, I would be breaking records running away. Yeah. I would not be lightly jogging and being like looking back and screaming. No, no. Mm-hmm. I, and if something snapped my ankle, that would suck. That would hurt. But there has to be so much adrenaline pumping through you in that moment that that's going to kind of dull that pain. Yeah. And you're going to get up on your good leg and you're going to go forward. Yeah. It's not going to be this like agonizing thing. Like you're not that injured, you know, she didn't shoot you in the stomach. Like you're yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a cast. <laughs> like, yeah. It's all cool, dude. Just blow out. Yeah. The fucking candle. It was just, it was Dylan. like, yeah, those final scenes were just kind of like frustrating to watch because the whole, the whole movie was, was very like, I mean, for the most part, he was doing like the logical thing the whole time. And then all of a sudden, he just 
like started making weird decisions in like that final moment. And really it just seemed like it was to serve this like suspense that they were trying to build, but it just didn't really work. It was just kind of silly. Um, so yeah, (laughs) yeah. You can't just summon it out of thin air. Like you did the Ginny with the easy three-step process of summoning a Ginny. (laughs) No, which now we're going to accidentally do while we're taking our, our bubble I, baths. Um. <laughs> I am constantly accidentally pricking myself and then squeezing the blood into the candle <laughs> and then saying, I I want, I want a hot girl summer bod. I want a hot girl summer bod. <laughs> At what price? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, the good news is that... Um, you just have to run around an apartment for an hour, it sounds like, and then you're all good. Um, but even better news is that the final wish exists, and it's so yes. much better. Well, wa- yeah, we'll have to watch that. Now I kind of want to watch that next. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking shit, <laughs> but <laughs> all in all, it's like it's a solid effort of a movie, oh, and all. In all- Three out of five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like visually really, really pretty. Like it's a really um, like nice atmosphere. Like we said, a really cool, um, a really cool idea to keep it like in the confines of this. And impar- oh, I can't talk apartment. Um, the star Ezra Dewey is a very talented young actor. Did really good. Um but it just starts to fall apart on the, I'd say just like the tying it to something that is really emotional. Like it never really hits those heartstrings for whatever reason. It feels like it was just built to be very visual without much thought to like tying it to that central story. Like the, 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 all the effort that you see, um, with the filmmakers trying to tie it to the story is really just them showing you the same scene over and over again to like remind you, but it doesn't really have any kind of emotional impact. Like that repetition Mm -hmm. doesn't really do much for you. And it just instead keeps showing you the same information over and over without giving, without letting you go very much deeper than the surface. If that makes sense. And if you're going to do something like this, which this, this movie kind of keeps it, I feel like it kind of keeps happening every couple of years. The, mm-hmm. the whole Ginny thing, the whole be careful what you wish for thing that, and the final wish is part of that. That's another, you know, installment of the same exact idea, but the difference is that it goes ham and this just gone kind of gave us nothing. It's like, yeah. But what if kid in 1989, it's like, okay, what if kid in 1989, tell me about it. And then you just don't really get told anything. That's my problem is that, okay, you're going to do this really used concept. That's fine. I don't care. You don't have to come up with the most original thing on the planet. Mm -hmm. You just have to do something with it. You have to do literally anything with it. And I feel like they just didn't do anything with it. And I have no idea what their intention was. I don't know what they were trying to show me, you know? Like, what is the conclusion I'm supposed to draw from this movie? Yeah, it didn't really have one. It it didn't. It was just like, be careful what you wish for. And that's just like, that's so simple. 
you don't I I know that. Everyone knows that. That's the theme in so many things. So what are you going to do with it? <laughs> tell me what you're going to do with it and yeah. I will be on board. But if you're you tell me nothing, then that's just like, okay, then why am I here? <laughs> it why did felt- I pay $7 or something to rent this? Like Yeah. No. It kind of felt like it could have been like a short film. And it maybe could been have more, been more successful. 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 But it was just a short film that got drawn out to a feature length. Um, and it wasn't even, I mean, it was 80 minutes, I think. Um, 82 long minutes. And so it was like a shorter feature film, but it's not that much shorter, but it's like on the shorter side, but it just kind of felt like they drew out a short film. Yeah, and it did. So you were kind of watching the same thing happen over and over and over again in the middle, which was just him trying to bebop to different rooms um, to get away from this thing. So, yeah, um, if you're so, looking for. Oh, yep. One thing about the time this this movie is 82 minutes. Lake uh-huh. Mungo is 89 minutes. Lake Mungo does so much more mm. in seven more like seven additional minutes than this movie does like, over the entire course mm-hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. So anyway, those are my final thoughts. Watch Lake Mungo instead. And the final <laughs> wish. Do a double feature. Yeah, it's it's it I I think that the filmmakers were making a lot of choices based on what they thought would look best stylistically and not necessarily what was going to be a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have served them better if that had been more central, um, to their approach, but it just didn't really come through. So, um, it looks, it's like we said, it's beautiful, but starts to fall apart a little bit on the story. So I don't know how many stars out of five would you give this stuff just to wrap up our review of the gin? I'd give it one. Oh, the I, same as um, the Ebert, RogerEbert.com review. <laughs> yeah, I I give it one for Ezra. Um, I mean, the other actors, too, like the dad, he's he's good, too. But yeah, know, the actors are primarily around about mm-hmm. Ezra or, you know, Dylan. He's great. I'm like I said, I'm really excited to see what else he does. Um, and then another part of that star is just like, you know, the camera work is great. The movie visually looks good. Yeah. But I think it's extremely lacking in everything else. And like I said, if you're going to tell me the same goddamn story over again, I don't care. I really don't care. Just do whatever the hell you like, do something with it. Show me something that I haven't necessarily seen. It can be the same exact story, but your visual style is going to be unique to you. Yeah. You can do something with that. You can go off the rails. You can like, just don't play it safe. Yeah. Especially I think as an indie filmmaker, you have so much more freedom to -hmm. do things. You know, you're not constrained so much by studios and like, especially if it goes straight to streaming, I feel like it's might be, easier with the whole rating thing not really Mm -hmm. being such a big impact i don't really know but so do something with that you know tell me what you want what's crazy things are going on inside of your head i love it that's what i'm here for so when you just give me nothing you just give me the most like 
bare bones thing that not only, you know, it's the same story that I've heard a thousand times, but then it also is like the safest thing. Don't be safe. Mm. Risk everything. Lose your mind. That's all I want. That's what I get from the final wish. It just it just goes all out. It just yeah. balls to the wall with that movie. And I respect it so much. There are things that I don't like about it, but I respect it. I just don't really respect this movie. Hmm. Yeah, I think um I would give it I would give it like a two and a half out of five. And I think because I feel like they were trying to do something a little bit different. But it just didn't come together, really. Um, It felt, it definitely felt like, you know, they tried to do something different on top of something that's been done a lot, but they just didn't really bloom at any point. And so there was really no, like, I didn't feel like emotionally connected to it at all. So I could see, I was like, ooh, this could have been so good. Like... (laughs) They could have done like it could have just been pushed further and it would have like and this could have changed and it, it maybe would have been better, but it just it didn't ever get there for me. Um, but because of the acting, because of the cinematography, um I'll give it a two and a half out of five. Two and a half out of five spookies. That's pretty generous. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pretty generous person. Far more generous than I. (laughs) Just talked shit for an hour and a half. Yeah. So that's our review of the gin. Uh, Thanks for sitting in and listening um, to us blabber on. It's been a pleasure as always. Right, Steph? You you didn't read the the budget that I found for the movie. Oh, yeah. I wrote on our doc, I said, because like I said earlier, I could not find the actual budget. I was trying to find it because I was very curious because everyone kept saying minuscule budget, small budget. I'm like, okay, well, what was the budget? It's so tiny. I couldn't find it. I have to take binoculars, a microscope. (laughs) It's where it's so tiny. It's so small. It's so small um, we can't talk about it. Apparently, I even went to a website called like thefinancials.com and it was like, oh, budget info not available or whatever, but it had like box office stuff and everything. Um, and Stephanie wrote in that line when I said budget, she said a crisp two dollar bill. <laughs> so that's yeah. giving it a lot of credit too because two dollar bills are interesting. <laughs> Oh, ouch. Ouchie. Ouchie. Um, (laughs) Listen, if the directors or anyone involved in this movie ever listens to this for some reason, it's, I don't hate you. Okay. I want you to succeed. (laughs) You made this movie and you have listened to the entire hour and 40 minutes of us not being um, super stoked on it. Blessings to you, number one. And number two, we don't hate you. (laughs) When I say these things, it's because I love it and I want you to succeed. And I I want you to show me everything that you have. Just just go nuts. This is your your career. This is your whole life. So act like it, you know? That might be too mean. (laughs) 
it's their it's like their first like two yeah, things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it might yeah. just be, you know, not that they don't care. I'm not implying that they don't care. It's just like you can you don't need to be safe. Just you don't need out, to yeah, tease be out so the restrained. Story. Yeah. Push push it. Like push the story more. The story was just like the background of this movie and it could have it should have been more of the foreground and it was just not. It was Make just monster sitting- tall. And make monster tall and bendy. Make, make monster tall, bendy, and big. Yeah. That's my secret. Uh, yeah. That's the recipe to horror. That is the recipe. It just started pouring down rain outside. Um, the classic Seattle summer just fucking pouring down rain. Um, <laughs> how's it in Pittsburgh? <laughs> there was a gigantic mosquito. So oh, that was good. fun. Classic. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, joining us here on uh, the Spooky Town podcast. We very much appreciate it. And we appreciate you. And thanks for listening to us shit talk for um, super long. (laughs) This is our first like not glowing review. So um, but it's a brand new movie. And, you know, we're out here. I don't know what I'm saying. You can watch (laughs) it if you want. It is $7, I think, right it's now. It's expensive, yeah. I was, okay, I was really worried because it's, like, one of the early access movies on Amazon Prime that it was going to be $20. No, no. If I, uh, I wouldn't have suggested it if it was $20. I was like, I swear to God, if Ashley tried to get me to watch no. a movie I don't really know anything about for $20, there's I a don't lot. Even, I don't even care if it's good. <laughs> there's a lot of horror. There's a lot of new horror movies on early access right now. Um, not yeah. a ton of them look super interesting, but um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of new stuff um, coming out right now. So a lot I'm of big excited. like blockbuster stuff. All right. Thanks all. You're the best. And yeah, that's all we got. Bye. Bye.